0: Thanks to Freshbooks for supporting the Apple Bits XL. Join the 24 million people who've used Freshbooks, try for free for 30 days, no catch and no credit card required. go to freshbooks.com/applebits and enter Apple bits in the How did you hear about a section to get started Hey, I got one word for you Let go! What's up, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the show. It's the Apple Bits XL. Gotta let that music play a little bit. Sometimes just let them, let them marinate a little bit. This is episode 111. I might have accidentally misnumbered some of the shows a few episodes ago, so I'm trying to fix that. But this is everything good and bad inside the world of Apple. The biggest news of the week, sometimes bigger than others, but everything that's kind of in this world that you love. A little perspective from outside of it, from tech in general. But thank you so much. If this is your first time listening to the show, welcome. If it's not, you're badass. All right, so there's a few ways to be a part of the show and to support it. First up, numero uno, call in. Be a first-time caller. Change your life. All you got to do is record a voice memo on your phone and then email it to Show. At gmail.com that's Applebits with a z i just want your name where you're from your questions your comments keep it around a minute minute 30 and we'll get right into it we do have calls this week in the show also you can support this show i am completely 100 percent independent patreon.com slash brian tong is the way to do it it starts at two dollars goes up to 5 10 25 the 100 platinum level but what do you get First of all, you get early access to all the episodes. It's basically a day before it goes out to the general public. You get different rewards at different levels and also a completely ad-free version of the show. I couldn't do this without you. I still can't do it without you all. And so thank you so much for making this happen. Patreon.com slash Brian Tong is the way to support this show financially and to keep it going. All right, it is episode 111 and i I'm gonna start the show off with a fun little story. I don't, I don't know if it's that fun or not. But what happens is this week is actually Samsung Galaxy S20 week. So their new phone lineup is completely launched today. It's available in the public. I've had time to use the S20 Ultra for about, I would say, two weeks now. I'm gonna put out a review video because there's some really, really amazing tech inside of it. I don't know if it's the type of phone that I would be able to pay $1,400 for probably not, but I wanted to do a little experiment. So I was back in the Bay Area last week, visiting my family and friends and nieces and nephews, and it was awesome. But what I did is I took the S20 Ultra into an Apple store, but not just any Apple store. I took it to the Apple store at their visitor center, which is right across from Apple Campus. It's out in Cupertino, for those of you who know. So basically, this visitor center has a store where you can get, not only can you buy product there, but you can get different merchandise like t-shirts and hats. Uh, there's a big cafe. If you go upstairs on the balcony, it overlooks Apple Campus. So it's just kind of a really nice spot that is open to the public. Um, You can go and I think they close the store like at nine o'clock on weekdays. So it's worth checking out if you kind of are into that Kool-Aid. But what I did is I just wanted to kind of test it out. It had been early when I got the S20 Ultra in my hand. And the big thing about this S20 Ultra is it has that space zoom. So this is a zoom that does 100x zoom. It is a digital zoom, but natively it has a 10 X optical. So I was taking some pictures in the store with my nieces and nephews and goofing around. And then someone's like, Hey, is that, is that they're like, wait, did you bring an S 20 in the store? And I'm like, yeah. And then they're like, let me see it. And so what ended up happening is as the workers on site found out that I had an S 20 ultra, because again, this phone has not been made public until today. So this is about two weeks ago, they started gathering around it. And it was really fun to see is that look, we all love tech and other companies, whether you work for them or not, or other people, you should just love this tech stuff. And so I think I had a group of about five or six store associates on the clock that gathered around a circle and I just handed them the S20 Ultra and it let them play with it. And A, the first, these are the first two things they did. First of all, they were all freaking out about the 120 hertz refresh rate. So you get that really buttery, smooth display. If any of you own iPad Pros uh, that are Apple users, you know it. It came out also on the Razer 2 phone. It's been on other products, but there have been 90 hertz refresh rate displays, but 120 hertz is even smoother. It is subtle, but it is pretty. When you use it, you know right away, and they're like, oh, my gosh. They were freaking out. They loved it. Then I let them all play with the camera. It has the 100X space zoom, which no matter what, when you use it for the first time, it's super crazy. You don't know if you're going to really ever use it constantly, but I definitely think you would use the 10X native optical zoom. And why that's special is they laid down – basically the camera lens is laid horizontally in the body of the phone because if you're really going to get a 10X optical on an iPhone – you're going to have this huge bulging lens but what Samsung did is they laid it horizontally and then used a mirror to reflect it up so it's kind of almost like the idea of a periscope and everyone there freaked out in fact people that worked for Apple were there too and happened to say and they, they they outright told me they're like oh yeah my you know our team has seen that and we have to catch up which instantly tells me that there is no way that this next-gen iPhone is gonna have anything close to a native 10X optical zoom. I, I'm i gonna guess the 2020 iPhone might have a 3X optical if they're gonna keep it the same size. That's probably about as much as you can squeeze out of an optical zoom from there. I don't expect it to be a native 5X optical. It'll have digital zoom, without a doubt, but there's no way it's gonna have anything higher, even higher than a 5X. I'd be impressed if they could squeeze 5X into that form factor, but... Um, I'm going to guess three X. I'm just going to throw it out there. I could be wrong, but 10 X when it looks that sharp on a zoom at 10 X, it's pretty impressive. And then, right. You can use the digital zoom to go up to 30 X, which still looks pretty darn good. And then 100 X, it does break down. But the fact is that you can zoom in 100 times the image. So I thought it was just a fun little anecdotal story because I went to the shop. I wasn't there to flex. Although My nieces and nephews were like, oh, yeah, you're you're just trying to flex. You're trying to, you know, show off and everything. You're trying to be like, you're trying to be the cool guy. No. It wasn't that. I was just there just to see how people would react to it because I think there's a genuine excitement and it's fun to see, like, literally, when you work at the Apple store, you have to be drinking the Kool-Aid so hard these days. Like, you just do. And I did when I worked at the Apple store and I still love the ecosystem, but... Not like that. And so it was really fun to see a group of associates literally gather around like the hottest new thing and then all want to play with it and all be genuinely impressed about it. The hardware, the 120 hertz refresh rate, and then also obviously the Space Zoom 100X. So what I pulled away from that is iPhone has is going to have to do some catching up, at least from the uh, technical... Stats of what the camera can do. Again, image quality and how it captures that image and the dynamic range on the image and the color balance, uh, that all matters too. And I still think that Apple's iPhone tends to do a little better than what I saw from the Galaxy S20 Ultra. But again, these are both high tier, high level phones. This is not like, oh, one's crappy and one's superior than the other. I just tend to like the balance and how Apple's. Images are captured, and then I mean, really, pixel to me still is my favorite, but they're all darn good, right? They're all great, okay, so get that little story out of the way. your fun little storytelling time uh, a day in the life of Brian at in Cupertino, but I'm gonna talk to you about a story that really, 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 really matters to you. I don't know if you all saw this earlier in the week, but Apple has agreed to pay up to $500 million to settle a litigation accusing it of quietly slowing down older iPhones as it launched new models. If you remember this, this is ThrottleGate. This was around the time of the iPhone 6, and let me just tell you what this whole lawsuit entails first, and then we'll kind of break down the history of it but you all remember Throttlegate, where everyone's like my phone is slowing down and apple never really admitted it and then some stuff came out and then they came clean okay so after they came clean this a lot class action lawsuits were filed and what has now been agreed is that apple will pay consumers you and me specifically consumers in the u.s because that's where this class action lawsuit has been filed and it's been going on there's been multiple ones thrown at apple over the years but they have now agreed to pay consumers $25 per iPhone. This number may be adjusted up or down depending on how many iPhones are eligible and how many you owned with a minimum total of payout of $310 million. So 500 is the max, 310 million is the lowest. Now, which phones qualify in this settlement? It covers US owners of the iPhone 6, 6 Plus, 6S, 6S Plus, 7, 7 Plus, or SE that ran the iOS 10.21 operating system or later. So you had to at least have those phones and own them at one time and they had to be running at least iOS 10.2.1 or later. This also covers US owners of the iPhone 7 and 7 Plus that ran iOS 11.2 or later, this all has to happen before the have to have happened before the twenty first of December two thousand seventeen. Now, some people are like, "How does Apple know?" Guess what? I'm sorry to tell you, they do know which phones, based on their serial number, were active and what operating system was running at the time. Now, this again was because of Throttlegate. So, back at towards the end of December two thousand seventeen, people were outright complaining about, oh, my phone feels slower." And what happened is John Poole that runs the uh, Primate Labs and has the Geekbench benchmark tool, he basically ran some tests of the performance of the phones and matched them, the same phone, running the different OSs. And his numbers and visualization showed that clearly once you had put in the new operating system, 10.2.1, it started performing, it, it started, you know, the speed was throttled down, and so once that once that evidence became public, after people anecdotally were complaining about it or saying, oh, "My phone is shutting down," then Apple came out and said, "Yes, we did throttle your phones." And Apple's justification was say, based on batteries that weren't healthy enough or really were older, there could be unexpected shutdowns if the phone was running at its peak performance, and then sometimes the phones would shut down. So what Apple chose to do without telling anyone is implement a tool that would throttle the speed so that these phones wouldn't just unexpectedly shut down because in their mind, they're like, yeah, we'd rather you have your phone run instead of not run, which is good of them, which actually sounds like, hey, that's right. But the problem is that they didn't tell anyone. The problem is that no one knew about it and so, after this whole thing happened, once John Poole put out his report that indeed phones were performing at lower performance, then Apple said, okay, we did it. And that's when all the class action lawsuits came. And now we are here in the beginning of 2020, where Apple is set to pay each iPhone owner of the 6, 6 Plus, 6 S, 6 S Plus, 7, 7 Plus, or SE $25 per phone. Now, some people are like, dude, that's that's not enough. That's nothing. But I say, you know what? I never expected anything from Apple anyways after this. So to me, it's more of a justice for the consumer that was really affected by it. Because remember, Apple also then lowered the price of battery replacements until like the end of 2018, where I think they're normally $49 and they lowered them to $29 just to kind of cover that. You know, because of this whole debacle, and so I know some of you may not think that twenty five dollars is that big of a deal, but let's say you have you know, some of you are people that upgrade every year. You have multiple people in your family. You might be getting anywhere from really more like fifty to two hundred dollars back if it's twenty five dollars per phone. Like I know there's a lot of people that covers what a three year span of phones. That's a whole lot of phones. So, anyways, a lot of people have been asking me, "Well, how am I gonna get this money?" where, where, when is going to happen? The actual settlement is, looks like it will be officially agreed upon in April of this year. So it's not finalized yet. Yet. I remember I told you it could be a little higher or lower than $25, but once it's settled, then typically, right, you get like a email or a letter in the mail that tells you, do you want to be part of this and you can opt in or not. This is not going to be, you know, You're not going to get that $25 anytime soon. It's going to take some time. So be patient, but just know that this is in the works. And again, this is only for people in the US and not in other countries. So I'm sorry if you're left out, but right now, you know, we could see those class action lawsuits happen in other countries and then allow those people to collect. But again, this is a long process. This doesn't happen overnight, but it's happening. All right, let's get to some of the rumors and. All these new products, right? We're in March. There's a big expectation that Apple announced something in March. So, reliable leaker CoinX, who tends to just drop nuggets here and there, but they're always spot on, put out a tweet that said "iMac, Mac Mini," and then this emoji that had like the word "soon" and arrow, which probably means coming soon. And CoinX also had correctly has done things like leak the names of the phones when it was like the whole 10s and 10R names before anyone else, and everyone's was like, "What the hell? That sounds weird." But it, this person was right. We don't know if it's a guy or girl. Also, putting out the pro branding for the iPhone 11 models, just a lot of minor details that end up be kind of becoming big deals. So Coinex is plugged in, and you probably should listen again. IMAX and new Mac Minis coming soon. The thing about this, if you go all the way back, the Mac, the iMac itself the actual body, the physical body with this kind of the slim unibody design hasn't been updated since 2012. So I got to imagine it's ripe or it's time for a new design, something. Even if it's just as simple as making the bezels a whole lot smaller on the display to make it larger, that would be a great thing. But again, I don't know. Will we get speed bumps? Yes, but will they actually change the design? Who knows? If you talk about the Mac mini, that was changed um, I believe the actual form factor or design was changed four years ago. It got that new space gray color and then obviously the latest processors to boost. But will we see something different on the Mac? Maybe I don't think they really need to put in the effort really to change that as much. It's more about the internal. So we'll see how soon this is. Is it a week? Is it two weeks? Is it the end of March? We'll find out soon. Another story, this is kind of interesting because now there's really this big push that multiple people are reporting around Apple integrating mini LED displays into their product family. Now, I've talked about it before, mini LED versus OLED, mini LED, you get the same, really the same visual benefits, high contrast ratio, brightness, uh, deep blacks, great color. The main benefits is it's a thinner display, so it can help make products using it thinner, than OLEDs, and then also it's more power efficient. So that helps out in a lot of ways. Well, according to multiple reports, this one from Ming-Chi Kuo, Apple has six mini LED products in the works that are set to debut in 2020 and 2021. The products are, according to the report, a 12.9-inch iPad Pro. We're expecting that this year. Really kind of expecting it this March, maybe. A 27-inch iMac Pro a 14.1-inch MacBook Pro, a 16-inch MacBook Pro, a 10.2-inch iPad, and a 7.9-inch iPad Mini. We don't have any specific dates when these will be coming out, but according to Ming-Chi Kuo, he does at least say the expectation is the new iMac Pro will be coming sometime in the fourth quarter of this year, and the 7.9-inch iPad Mini will be coming sometime in 2020. But if I rewind for a second there's a product there that no one's ever talked about or no one is really talking about. The 14.1-inch MacBook Pro. Now, there have been rumblings that they were looking on working on a larger size. We've never seen an actual confirmation. This is the first time that I can remember that someone has outright called out a 14.1-inch MacBook Pro is coming this year. Also, again, using the mini LED screen, the other thing that you have to consider is look at what happened with the 16-inch MacBook Pro. It got, not only did it have the latest processors from Intel, I do not believe this is gonna be any type of ARM processor or AMD processor inside. I don't think they're ready for that transition yet. I could be wrong. But with this 14.1-inch MacBook Pro, the 16-inch did a couple of really new things internally under the hood. It changed its cooling design so it could perform better and handle more power, basically. That was one of the benefits of the new 16s also, the speaker system on the 16-inch Pro is, MacBook Pro is amazing. It's I still don't take for granted, like when I listen to sound and it just sounds like you're right there sometimes, I'm like, wow, this is really good. So we could see those things integrated into the 14.1-inch MacBook Pro as well. Obviously, the expectation will be all USB-C, no surprises there, but really updating their entire MacBook Pro line. I mean, I'm all for them upgrading. I To be honest, just to be selfish, I hope that... This year's 16-inch MacBook Pro, if it does get a mini LED screen, I hope it doesn't look too much better. Because I just got one; I just upgraded last year when they did the whole redesign. I'm like, am I? I I'm not in a space where I can just upgrade it just because the screen's a little better. <laughs> I'm just not gonna do that. But we'll see how it all shakes out. A 14.1-inch MacBook Pro. Honestly, it's kind of exciting. I don't know how many of you are in the market for that, but that is sweet. That is sweet to me. Digitimes confirming really what we've expected Many LED products. They say a twelve point nine inch iPad Pro is also coming, and they also say that MacBooks will be bringing them as well. But if there's other signs that iPad Pros could be coming, according to a report from Bloomberg's Mark Gurman, there is limited iPad Pro availability in major cities like the uh, like the like the U.S., Australia, and Europe. And so, doing inventory checks, you can kind of see what is available. And basically, a lot of these stores are low right now. And there's one school of thought that maybe this is coronavirus coming in, like they don't have the parts. But the other more logical thinking to me, because it's a flagship product like this, is that there's gonna be new iPad Pros coming soon. Will we see them with the rumored triple lens camera system and a time-of-flight sensor? Will they launch with 5G before the iPhone comes with 5G, which has been done before? Uh, with cellular connectivity products from Apple. They put it first in the iPad a long time ago. So is the inventory just low or is there a new one coming? I'm gonna say there's a new one coming. Also, the iPhone SE2, aka the iPhone 9, aka the phone, the kind of entry-level budget phone that'll resemble the iPhone 8, 4.7-inch LCD screen, still a Touch ID home button, but a faster A13 chip and increased three gigs of RAM. Price expected to start around $399. Reports from China say it is in the final production verification stage. It's ahead of its launch, so it's pretty much ready to roll. We don't know how this will be affected based on how coronavirus is, is affecting the factories and the supply chain in China, which did shut down early February for a few weeks. I don't know how many of them have open back up. I'm, I'm going to guess it's not like everything is back to normal yet, but that's what we're expecting with the iPhone SE 2. But I can tell you one thing that the iPhone SE 2 will not be getting or not ever be returning, and that is 3D Touch. I know.
1: I, I'm telling you,
0: all of you that still have phones that have 3D Touch, you should be thanking like you should be thanking your stars the stars what's i don't even know the figure speech (laughs) you should be feel lucky about it because i love 3d touch i miss 3d touch so much long pressing sucks everyone i'm pretty sure everyone here that enjoyed 3d touch agrees to me that long pressing sucks well you know what maybe there's hope but it's not coming from apple google literally just cloned Apple's 3D Touch for the Pixel, but they didn't use new hardware, right? The Pixel 4 phone has been out for quite some time. They're just using software. And they have 3D Touch where you can now use a little extra force when you press on icons and you have that kind of contextual menu show up. They just implemented it in their newest software update. And they're not doing anything with the hardware. They're actually using machine learning and the AI that is going to be able to detect, hey, if you push your finger down, There's obviously detection spots, but if you keep on pushing it, that gradual kind of longer press is detected in that quick moment and then the menu, or I'll call it the 3D Touch menu, pops up on their apps. I did the update on my Pixel 4. It totally works. And and I'm just screaming inside and outside like, Apple, do the damn thing! They need to bring back 3D Touch. They need to... Do what they normally do: copy other companies that have great ideas and steal them and bring them to the iPhone. I, I don't know if they're going to do this, but I personally would love 3D Touch back because that long press stuff, eh, eh, it's, it's not for me. It's, it's just not. And then before we kind of jump over and take a little breather, I told you about those AirPods Pros Light. Digitime says that indeed. Another report backing this up. So this is is happening, everybody. The new entry-level AirPods Pro will enter production by early of the second quarter. So that's sometime in April or May. Dubbed tentatively the AirPods Pro Lite. Yikes. I hope they do something different with the color. I know that the AirPods Pro, they kind of have that little black marker on the edge. Maybe they turn them white for the lights, but these would be, you know, this is the next evolution. The AirPods eventually the current air standard airpods will go away so they want to kind of have them look the same but man I mean how much are they gonna be 159 maybe 149 the current second gen airpods start at 159 right now airpods pro are at 249 so I'm gonna say they're gonna be jerks about it and they're gonna price it at like 179. <laughs> I'm serious actually yeah I'm gonna stick with that 179 for the airpods pro light and 249 for the AirPods Pro. Y'all uh, note this and get back to me when it happens because uh, I think that it's going to happen. Because you know why? Nostra says yes, yes! Okay, enough of that. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks. Do you remember when you started your small business? I do. I'm still doing it. I feel like I'm starting up. It wasn't a small feat. It took a lot of late nights. Still does. Early mornings and then more than the occasional all-nighter. But bottom line, if you've done this, you've been insanely busy ever since. So why not make things a little easier? Well, we've got our friends at FreshBooks that have the solution. FreshBooks, invoicing and accounting software is designed specifically for small business owners. It's simple, intuitive, and keeps you way more organized than a dusty shoebox filled with crumpled receipts. Don't do that. Create and send professional-looking invoices in 30 seconds and then get them paid two times faster with automated online payments. See when clients review your invoices with the FreshBooks Notification Center, and you can also easily custom create invoices that have your logo and reflect your brand colors to make them look all nice and fancy schmancy. File expenses even quicker, keep them perfectly organized for tax time. And the best part, FreshBooks grows alongside your business, so you'll always have the tools that you need when you need them without ever having to learn the ins and outs of accounting. So join the 24 million people who've used FreshBooks. Try for free for 30 days. There is no catch and no credit card required. Go to freshbooks.com slash AppleBits and enter AppleBits with a Z in the how did you hear about us section to get started today. All right, we keep on rolling. And we know coronavirus is still people trying to get a grapple on it. We're not going to have a vaccine for it anytime soon. It takes time for that. And so there's a lot of uncertainty around it. I know people have been running out to stores and getting hand sanitizer and paper towels and all that stuff. I haven't. So, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm not on the panic train yet. I don't think there's a need to panic, panic yet, but it is scary and it is concerning and it is spreading and it's not, we haven't figured it out just yet. So coronavirus is obviously affecting Apple. It's affected a lot of other tech companies' conferences. We saw that Facebook's F8 conference was canceled, Google's IO developer conference, they decided to cancel that as well. And so we don't know if Apple is gonna actually have a March event. My hunch is that maybe they'll do one at campus or. Just doing announcements online, right? Just put them out there. But these are some of the ways that Apple has been affected. Now, I checked the news right before I start this story. And initially, one of my stories was that Apple no longer plans to debut some of their new Apple TV content at South by Southwest. They were planning to show off uh, the show Home, Central Park, and Beastie Boys Story. So these were all pieces of content that were gonna be showcased there. But Apple decided they're no longer gonna do that. But then on top of that, South by Southwest, who had been kind of bold through all this coronavirus stuff when everyone was shutting down their festivals and conferences, uh, South by Southwest was like, nah, we ain't gonna do it. We're gonna keep on going. But they finally, today, of this, as of this recording on Friday, uh, March the... What day is it, guys? I have no idea. March the 6th. March the 6th. South by Southwest has also been canceled. So Apple wasn't gonna plan to go there. Apple also has some of their Today at Apple sessions. This is where they do kind of the fun classes on site. They suspended those in Italy among coronavirus outbreak. Apple headquarters have asked um, their employees to basically just work at home. And so employees paid on an hourly basis. They also said that they're not going to dock their pay when they when they want them to stay home. Because here's the thing, there's a lot of uh, service workers at these large companies and the fear is that they wouldn't get paid during this time if, oh, don't come in because not as many employees are in. Microsoft is doing this and Apple have both come out and said, you know what, we're gonna still pay our hourly service workers. So I love that because let's be real, they can completely afford that. Also, Santa Clara County as a whole has asked all these tech companies to cancel large in-person meetings and conferences, which would lead us to believe that this potential non-confirmed late March Apple event would not involve any type of crowd would just be online. Apple themselves is also rejecting coronavirus apps that are not from health or government organizations. I think that's probably a good idea. How, you know what? It made me think for a second, have any of you guys and gals played the uh, board game Pandemic? Which is crazy. It's basically about a virus that is spreading. Um, it's a tabletop game. And I don't think I want to play that right now. It's actually pretty badass. Okay, so we're going to wrap up with a couple nice lighter stories that'll help turn your Corona frowns upside down. But this one's kind of interesting. You might, you, I rarely recommend people to go get a home pod. And I've told you, I swooped in on some deal when it first came out because no one was buying them where I got one for one ninety nine at Best Buy that was refurbished. Well, check this out Best Buy right now. If you search up for home pod, in and brand new ones in both white and black, they are selling home pods for $199.99 right now. Um, I don't know how long this promo is going to last, it's not even really being pitched as a promo, it's just on their site. Right now, the retail price of a home pod is $299. You can get them for either white or black for $199. Originally, the home pod started at a horrible $349 price point. So... I'm gonna tell you right now, at $199 for how it sounds and when you match it up compared to the other competition in the market, this is worth it. And I think you'll like it. They do add improvements. I would never pay a dime, a penny more than $199 retail for this, quite honestly. But if you've been listening to me and how much I say this thing sounds amazing and I do enjoy the sound quality, it is my go-to to to throw uh, music to fill the living room. And you're on the fence? I would say give it a shot because if you don't like it, you can always return it. But yeah, 199 Homepod, I'm I'm surprised. If if it was a different time, maybe I'd scoop up a second one, but no, I'm not going there. Also, I think this is really fun, you all should check this out. Apple had launched this night mode photo challenge and they were inv- inviting people like you and me around the world to basically take photos and they revealed the six winning photos from thousands of submissions worldwide it's really cool just go go to the website and type in like night mode photo challenge or use this uh this tool called Google to try it out but there's just some amazing stuff there is like this truck in Moscow Russia in the snow with the headlights and man it looks amazing another one was a picture from Spain that I really loved. I believe it's from Spain where it's just this like intense beautiful red, Tree with a red, I don't know it. It kind of blows my mind, but there's just some great photos in here worth checking out. And it reminds you how amazing night mode is. I went to dear god, I went to a club recently because it was my girlfriend's brother's birthday. I don't, I haven't been to a club for a while because I'm like, I don't need to go to a club, right? It was literally like the eating, like (laughs) it's like all. But I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie, I had fun. But I took some of the night mode photos I took in that club. Were ridiculous, like how good they looked and how natural they looked. I, I was just like, "Damn, phones have come so so far." Beautiful, sharp. The the glow from the lights, the colored lights from the ceilings that are just moving all over the place, just capturing these like really colorful moments, not being oversaturated, but being sharp and clear and clean. Ah, I'm not. It's just one of those things where when you take the photo and then other people see it and everyone says, Wow, that looks really good. And you heard heard that so much that night that I was at the club. It was cool. All right. <laughs> Why am I embarrassed by that? I don't know. When when have you all when was the last time you all went clubbing? If you if you want to tell me, on top of asking your question or your comment, you know what to do. Give us a voice memo. Apple Bit Show at gmail.com that's apple bits with a z we're gonna to get to their calls the first one's coming to us from aaron
2: hey brian it's aaron from toronto canada Longtime listener of the show love all the work you do i have one main question about the upcoming smaller version 14 inch macbook pro now i currently have a 2012 retina 13 inch macbook pro i've been using for about six seven years now the computer is now giving me a bit of issues and i want to upgrade it And I heard that they're coming off a newer updated 14 inch MacBook Pro this year, kind of like a mini version of the 16 inch refresh computer last year. Now I actually bought a touch bar 13 inch MacBook Pro a couple of years ago, but ended up returning it because I didn't like the keyboard and I kept on using my old computer. What are your thoughts on this computer coming out, whether before summer or near the end? And also since I'm a student, I want to take advantage of the back to school deal that Apple usually does towards the end of summer. Where you get a bit of a discount on the computer and also the free Beats headphones. Let me know your thoughts on this. Keep up great work. Love the podcast.
0: All right. Thanks, Aaron. You know, I, I think you gave me so much information. You almost answered the question yourself. It doesn't seem like you're desperate to get a new laptop anytime soon, meaning you could get by with what you have still. And I would absolutely go for the 14-inch if... A, the size is right, the price is right. I think from an actual uh usability standpoint, the keyboard is what you want. Yeah, it has the touch bar, it'll have more power, it'll probably have better cooling It'll have better speakers. So this is gonna be a great upgrade all around. I don't know what they're gonna start the pricing at for these models. Is it gonna start around twelve ninety nine, fourteen ninety nine? Uh we'll see. Hopefully more towards the twelve ninety nine price point. I mean it is their MacBook pro line, but it, it will be a great upgrade. And you, sounds like you've been pretty patient after all these years. I commend you for returning the touch bar MacBook pro 13 because that, that specific laptop was really one of my least favorite that they've ever put out. I thought it was just trash. So trash from a standpoint of compared to what they've put out before. So, um, yeah, 14 inch, I'm saying wait it out back to school comes you get all those little bells and whistles and it doesn't sound like you're in a rush okay next up i got my boy cam
1: oh hey brian uh it's your boy camada here oh Canada, our home and native land just wanted to throw out the song brian so you didn't have to sing it so it was right uh listen just wanted to ask throw out a bad apple before i have a question for you so recently on a replacement iphone (laughs) se2 because i damaged my original unit apple replaced uh, the unit because they couldn't replace the screen They gave me a replacement unit and I've had this unit for about a year now and recently I've been experiencing a lot more random shutdowns of course because of the whole Apple admitting we're slowing your older iPhones down quote unquote so people can get battery replacements or get upgrades to new phones. Well, I've had this phone for about a year, but it was a replacement unit, which means brand new battery, brand new, you know, brand new everything. And why all of a sudden now is it experiencing a whole bunch of random shutdowns? Well, Apple now admits that, yeah, we have to replace your battery. Why? Why do you have to replace my battery now? So bad Apple. Um, And then, Brian, I guess to the second to a question So at this point, with all the latest rumors about the iPhone SE 2 or the iPhone 9 or whatever Apple decides to call it, do you think that kind of this is that point to see what Apple throws our way to see for the SE original users whether or not it's worthwhile to upgrade? Uh, Just wanted to get your thoughts on it. Okay, Brian, love the show. Looking forward to hearing from you.
0: True Patriot love in all of us command with glowing hearts we see okay i was trying to sing that cheese i wasn't actually trying to sing it like really good i'm gonna stop Oh, okay, Canada. okay so look here's the thing about the iphone se2 that i think a lot of people are gonna kind of that gets lost in all this sure they're working on a new model but what was the biggest advantage of the iphone se it fit in in your hand because it was a four-inch screen, like you could literally, right? This was SJ saying you could reach across the entire screen with your thumb for most people. the The iPhone SE two slash iPhone SE or iPhone nine is going to be four point seven inches. That's significantly bigger, and I think a lot of people that have the SE who love that form factor are going to be like, "But it's bigger. It's not the same." And I think that's one of those things that no matter what, Apple is pushing people to get larger screen phones. We obviously see that every company is moving towards larger screen phones. And you know what the phone that I hear everyone say was my favorite phone, a lot of the times is the iPhone SE, the iPhone five or the iPhone four, because it had the four inch screen. So um, it might be the upgrade you're looking for. It's going to be a nice upgrade, but If that form factor is exactly why you keep that phone, which is why many people keep that phone and still use it today, then it might be, you might be kind of conflicted. I I think you might be. All right, thanks for calling Cam, always a pleasure. Next up,
2: Drew. What's up, Brian? This is uh, Drew from Indy. Want to get your thoughts on the 2020 iPhone. Me and my wife have both a iPhone 7 and an iPhone 6 Plus. We obviously want to get something newer. The 2020 iPhone, what do you think it's gonna be in it? Features, is it gonna be so much better more than the iPhone 11? Do we need to get an 11? What are your thoughts? Talk to you later, love what you do.
0: All right, Drew, thanks so much for calling. So, look, we talked about the iPhone 2020. When the iPhone 11, before it came out, I think it was before it came out, I did a video about why you should wait for the 2020 iPhone, and so, Here's the big things that are coming. Now, we saw with the iPhone 11, what it did is it did incremental stuff under the hood that mattered. It brought a killer battery life, at least compared to iPhone standards. That pretty much gets me through a day without worrying about it. It brought an amazing camera. The triple lens camera is so nice. The way it's implemented and integrated, it is just mm, very, 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 very good. So when you look at the 2020 iPhone, it's gonna have those two key things in place right away, but also, right, it's gonna be a 5G phone. Not that you'll necessarily use it because 5G coverage still has to mature, evolve, get better. It's getting there, but we're still not at a point where it's like, hey, 5G is absolutely ready to go, but it is available in in many areas and continues to grow. It might be a USB-C-based phone. The more that I see all these reports. I don't know if they're going to finally switch to USB-C. I, in a w- weird way, I think Apple is still okay with like, hey, we'll, we'll put our lightning port at the bottom and we'll make USB-C where the power adapter is. I can't remember if that, what Apple did deliberately there satisfies the European Union's request of a standardized port on the bottom and, and Apple saying, okay, we may not have it on the bottom of our phone, but we have it on the other connection of the cable of our phone. So you might get USB-C, the other thing is that this new phone, obviously you're gonna get a faster processor. If you are into the idea that you're gonna be using this for augmented reality wherever you go and you've gotta have it and it has the new camera sensor with this what we call the time of flight sensor that basically can detect depth and help you better with uh, you know augmented reality games and apps that will open up the iPhone to a certain degree. But again, I don't know how many of us are gonna be using it on the regular as a must have feature, then you might want to get it. And then also a rumored potential touch ID inside the display, but my inkling says that's going for a later model. So really your timeout, 5G, a better improved camera for augmented reality, USB-C and a faster processor. Now with the, with what you have now, I think the actually the 11 would be a killer, killer phone. You wait for the 12 to come out. The 11 might be a little cheaper. I think you really go for the 2020 phone if they do something really even more groundbreaking with the camera, which I feel like this most recent iteration was what made it special. And then you want the 5G. Otherwise, if I was not in this tech world, I could sit on this 11 for at least another year and a half or two. I think the 11 is, it wasn't a sexy announcement release, but it is one of my favorite iPhones since the, since the 4s5 era honestly one of my favorite iphones just because of its battery life its body and its camera it's nice but it still has that damn notch man it still got the notch i cannot i cannot stand that Boo. okay That's going to do it, everybody. Thank you so much for calling in and being a part of the show. Again, voice memo, applebitshow at gmail.com, applebits with a Z. We got to show love and thanks big time to our Patreon Platinum Apples at the $100 level. Brandon Ledford, Gil Cabrera, Wesley Frater, Jarrett Lewis, and Calvin Fatakar, thank you so much for your support. I'd appreciate all of your support. If you can do it financially, patreon.com slash tong. If you can't, you got to give us that five star review on iTunes. You got to leave a comment. It helps elevate us in the algorithm so more people can see it. But we're at something like 1 1100 five star reviews. It's kind of ridiculous. So thank you for the support. I'm glad. I'm honestly genuinely happy that y'all enjoy what we put what I'm putting out here as well. So until next time, we're starting to ramp up the gadgets. The goodness, they will be real soon. The rumors will be less then we can really dig into this stuff once march hits then we get june then we get september it's going to be all gravy so until then take care, everybody be safe it's the apple bits xl baby peace